0: Hello, everybody. It's me, Ross, and welcome to another edition of the Kings of Anglia Fan Social, where fans have their say on their club. The Euros are in full swing. Town have seen a departure. Andre Dezel has left the club to join QPR, the championship side. The transfer roundup is here. Uh, many links to talk about. I'm joined by Harvey, Dan and Tom as we talk about all things going on at Portman Road. I want to go over to good old Dan, who is the right of me. The right to me on my screen, anyway. Uh, Dan, how you been doing? It's been beautiful sunshine, although today it's been raining. Uh, but yeah, I think that's a... what we needed.
1: Yeah, all good lads. Um, looking forward to tonight. Yeah, Euros have been filling a nice gap, and uh, plenty going on at Portman Road. So yeah, all good. And um, yeah, let's go. I could do with a bit of rain, cool down for a bit, and then back on the back on the sun next week. Definitely
0: my friend. I'm going to go below me and that is good old Harvey, the Welshman. He's um, very happy after the win against Turkey. Harvey, it's a pleasure to have you on the show as always. How are you doing? And I'm sure you're buzzing at the moment.
2: Absolutely buzzing. Yeah, still. Um, Thanks for having me back on. Uh, It's been gorgeous here today in Wales. It must have been the result last night that perked the weather up around here. Who knows? Um, But yeah, I'm all good. I'm all good. Nice to be back on. Nice to be discussing the town. Um, you know, as, as Dan said, it's nice that the Euros have, have filled a bit of a void, um, but I'm even more buzzing to, to get the season started again and, and you know, see what is bound to be a, a really, really interesting season on and off the pitch as, as the club continues to, to develop under this new, new ownership, new players, new staff, new everything.
0: Definitely. And of course, this time next week when we record the fan social, the fixtures will be out. So we'll find out who will play on the opening day on Boxing Day. Hopefully we're at home on Boxing Day because sometimes I don't really want to travel on a Boxing Day after you've just had a, a big Christmas dinner. But anyways, final man joining us this week, and that is good old Tom Baines, uh, the adopted Welshman as well. Uh, how are you doing, my friend?
3: Very good. The uh, The weather in South Wales has not quite been as as good recently. The, uh the paddling pool's gone back in the shed today. The chairs have gone back in the shed. So hopefully uh the warm weather will be back on the weekend. But yeah, very good, good result for Wales last night. An even more tasty match on tomorrow. Yeah, and good things happening in Ipswich. So yeah, it's all, all good. It's all good.
0: Definitely, my friend. Um, Well, let's get right into it and sort talk all things town. Uh, starting off, uh, of course, with the big story of the week. Andre Zell has left the club. The first. Big departure. I'm sure we're going to expect many other departures. Of course, Paul Cook pretty much went, yep, yeah, don't want any of them. And Andre Dezell was one of them uh, joining Championship side uh, QPR. £1 million. Um, of course, clauses is going to be on that. I want to go over to you, Dan, first. Um, your reaction on this. Are you sad to see Andre go? Or do you think it is time for him to move on?
1: I, th- I think it's a right time for, for us and for, for Andre. I, I always wanted him to do well I think he was weighed down By the surname a little bit And obviously coming from the town And and being there from a young age From a family of um, Massive Ipswich fans I think really All this does boil down to If you just strip away The kind of emotion of it And I don't really think He's a Paul Cook type of player Really is a reason that um, I think probably Cook Saw enough of him in that midfield and how he wants to play next season and I think it's a pretty good price if, if the million's right and we've got a few clauses in it um, I think it's about the right price for him I, he did a couple of things that were you know took your breath away sometimes Andre Dizel with with those passes and that touch and the goal against Leeds I remember particularly that last game of the season um, and I just wanted him to do probably better than he really did. And I think I think he, I think he'll do pretty well in the championship. I got I think he'll do well under Warburton. I think that um, he's an attacking manager. I think he'll see a lot of the ball. You'll get a little bit more time. Um, I think you know and I think you know good luck to him. It's a shame but I think I think it, you know I think we can get the a, a more Paul Cook type of player in and, and I wish him all the best. I think one good thing for, for Andre last season was I think it was probably the first season he's ever had where he's been injury free. You know, he he, he must have attracted a lot of attention because he was playing pretty much week in, week out in a tough league. Um he, I don't think he scored. I don't think there was the thing is I don't think there's much end product product with him. And that's why, I really, pound for pound, I think he's a good sign. I mean, I hope he does well, but, you know, good luck to him. It's time it's time to move on a bit. I think the name weighed him down a bit.
0: Definitely. And, yeah, the name being the son of, you know, Jason. And, you know, of course, he made an unbelievable start to his town career scoring on his debut, just like father, like son, uh, Harvey. Um, of course, we're attached to Andre a bit more because he is one of our own. He's academy product and all that. Um, I think, you know, I'm sure a lot of fans were disappointed about it. Am I you sad to see him go?
2: I was disappointed, yeah. You, listen, it's always going to be the case, as you said, when it's a homegrown player. Um, you know, it'll, it'll be the same if slash when, you know, Downs, you know, does the same. Uh, you know, like Stu said on the main pod, I think he interviewed him when he was, what, 13 and there was already hype about him then. So he has been playing with the pressure of the surname, uh, you know, over the last few years. I was at that game in Hillsborough, that, that away day, where I think, if my memory serves me right, it was Liam Feeney who, who crossed him for him, who's scored that header so it was probably the only well, good thing Liam I'll note that did.
0: down for the strike later on there
2: we go yeah, that was a cracking strike question um, <laughs> so yeah it was, it's disappointing I think um, down spot on in terms of he, I think he, QPR is, is a perfect place to go for it the way they play QPR they play like a five-three-two. so in that three in midfield he'll have a little less defensive responsibility I think um, you know in, in a Paul Cook four-two-three-one, those two sitters um, there's a lot more, a lot more defensive responsibility. So I think he'll be given the license to run forward a lot more, um, and it, he definitely isn't a Paul Cook type of midfielder. You, you look at the players that we've been linked with, slash signed. You know, Raheem Harper's six foot two, Lee Evans is six foot one, Matt Crooks is six foot five. So that just gives you an idea as to the kind of player Cook is looking to recruit in that midfield position. And unfortunately, Dizelle doesn't fit that profile. So. I think a million is, is a good price for him. And I think in a few years, it'll be a lot. It'll be worth a hell of a lot more than that. So it's good that we've they've put the Salon Clause in there to hopefully generate a bit of income further down the line. So, of course, wish him all the best. I think he'll go on to have a very, very good career. But in terms of where we're at at the moment in League One, we need a certain type of character, a certain type of player to, to get us out of that league. And I just don't think... Uh, Dizel, despite the quality he had, because he's got a wand of a left foot to use the um brilliant football cliche, um, I just don't think he's he fits the profile that we need at the moment. So, um, you yeah, wish him all the best, he'll go on to have a great career, I'm sure. Um, and we need to start you know getting place getting place to the door now for sure.
0: And, um, Tom, finally, uh, final word on Andre, uh, your thoughts on this, uh, yeah. He, of course he had that massive injury, that massive setback early in his career. Um, but it was great to see him play the amount of games he did last year. I think a lot of you know fans are on the fence about Andre. Um, but I think you know, we all wish him all the best at QPR. Um, what's your final say on him?
3: Yeah, I just think, you know, echo what the, the gents have said, it's just said it's just one of shame and what, what could have what could have been, you know, like he says, it was an ACL, wasn't it? I think it was. That's so hard to come. Come back uh, to come back from you know any player that I guess the good thing is that he's young and hopefully that'll mean that it doesn't affect him further down his career. But you know from a mental health perspective, that must have been so hard to, to come back to and get yourself psyched up for and you know to have you know bit parts here and there and and still you know try and give his best for the club. I think you got to give him a, a lot of respect. But I agree. I think the the timings the timings right. Um, I think you've got to give respect to him as a as a person, and hopefully to his dad as well, who's potentially advised him here. He could have walked away for nothing. At Christmas, he could have said, "No, actually, I don't fancy signing this contract. I could go for free in the summer and potentially have have more suitors." But you know, he he signed, which meant we got some money, which you know a million a million pounds is is more than fair considering what what he's done. Um, and I think well done as well to the club for for tying him down. I think obviously Evans plays a small part now, but the criticism of him always was that cl- contracts were just let to run down, and people were were left, you know, contracts to run down and just go. So I think we have to thank the club as well for for getting that that over the the line as well. But yeah, I think he's he's very much a luxury player. He he's someone that you know. I think would have been a bit wasted next next season. Like like the the gym says, we need someone with a bit more grit and strength, um, and it's it's not him. And that's nothing against him. He has some fantastic qualities, amazing pass for the ball, you know, great vision. He's clearly very very clever and intelligent as well. You know, a, a great a great football uh, football brain. And I have absolutely no doubt that he'll go on to to do better things and, and like Harvey was saying that sell-on clause for me is the, the big thing. You know, with the with the way Brexit's going at the moment and, and homegrown English players, that the price is going up and up, you would not be surprised to see him go for significantly more and we'll probably make a lot lot more for, from his next move than we have from the initial fee. But hope he does well. Wish him all the all the best. And uh yeah, I think he'll be one to to keep an eye on in, in the future. But yeah, best of luck to him.
0: Yeah, we shall continue his um, you know, keeping an eye on his progress, see how QPR get on next season. Um, let's talk about another departure. Um, I want to go over to Harvey first, though, Dan, because it is his boy, Die Cornell. Um, a day of mourning was on Friday the eleventh for June for Harvey. Um, mutual consent FC. Um, for good old uh, Di Cornell, uh, came in as a course from Northampton. I uh, was second choice pretty much to Holy. Um, I think you know Paul Cook pretty much said yep, yeah, holding. Cornell, LA can go um, if, if you know they find other suitors um, your thoughts Harvey um, sad day to see your your boy go but wasn't it a surprise
2: no I mean it, it certainly didn't surprise me that Cook wants an upgrade on his goalkeepers this summer because for me I said I think two or three months ago that's one of the top priorities I know we, we've not scored enough goals and, and we certainly need strength and um, you know, at the top of the field. But for me, a, a top, top League One goalkeeper is, is a priority. Um Is Cornell a top League One goalkeeper? No, I didn't think he was. Um The issue I had was with it was that I thought Holy had a lot more opportunities to kind of nail down that number one spot than Cornell did. I know he, he got off to a bit of a stinker in the, was it the Tottenham pre-season friendly? I think it was where, um, you know, he let one, like go around the side of him and he's, he's not look convincing every game. But I think if he had a decent run of games, he would have, he could have easily made that number one, you know, spot his own. I think he was really unfortunate. I've seen Holy various times and, and pretty much every time he's had, he's, you know, gets your heart in your mouth because he's so, he can be so nervy at times for someone who's six foot nine. I've said it so many times, he doesn't command his area, you know, as, as well as he should at all. Um so no, it doesn't surprise me that he he's been he's been let go by Cook, but personally I, I would have been happy with him as a number two next season. Um I think it goes to show that a few championship clubs are interested in him. That that kind of tells you a lot in terms of what he can offer. Um but of course we, we need we need a goalkeeper, we need two goalkeepers because that, you know, position on the pitch is, is so important. But I, I can't I can't hide away from the fact that I, I think he was he was really unlucky, and it didn't help as well. But I think his was it the centre back partnership in front of him was McWolfenden and McGuinness for the majority. So he had the lack of experience in front of him, and uh, yeah, wishing the best of luck. Obviously, I've got to uh, follow the progress of a fellow Welshman, but uh, yeah, I think he ultimately he, he was unlucky not not to play more games and not to to have more of an opportunity to to stake his claim in the team because. For me, I felt a lot more comfortable in goal with Cornell than I did Holy. That's just my opinion. I know Holy kept quite a lot of clean sheets, but um for me, if you would have asked me at the start of the season who, who I who I'd have taken as number one, I would have I would have picked Cornell every day of the week
0: well um, we've, we've lost Dan for a second so I want to go back over to you Tom um, and talk about goalkeepers as, as general um because Paul Cook is pretty much looking to sign a first choice and probably even a backup um he may keep Thomas holy around possibly as a backup but uh, your thoughts on the goalkeeper situation anybody that sticks you know in your head and turns you like to see at the club
3: yeah, there's there's a few out there, isn't there? I guess um, the the free agent situation is really good at, at the moment. So they, there's lots of options um, to to choose from. Um, at, at Portsmouth, he's one that's that's been uh, been mentioned. Um, another one, Seagrist from uh, from Dundee. He's another one, but he would he would require a fee. Um, ben Ben Amos potentially. He's one I've always sort of liked. He's got good experience at this level. Um, but then you've got the issue of: Do you want to sign a League One goalkeeper who, if you went up, would he be able to keep up? Would you be confident in him in the in the Championship, um, or do you look to sign a, a potentially a player who's who's going to do the job for you in League One and who is going to be able to um, to step up as well in the Championship? So maybe Seagrass fits that bill a bit more. Um, obviously, the, the Scottish League is, is very um, is very different, but, you know, it's, it's probably a higher level than, than League One, most certainly. So, yeah, may, maybe that's one to do. But, yeah, I, I think on Cornell, it's, it's, it's unfortunate, isn't it? It's, it's sort of like a Dean Gherkin situation. He was, you know, Gherkin was a reasonably comfortable backup. He got his opportunities here and there, and obviously Bart came in. Um, but you wonder with Cornell, had he had more of a more of a run, and had he had more of a chance to, to prove himself and get a bit of form and not just have a few games here and there, could things have been, been different? But I think you can't you can't feel particularly upset, can you? They've said they're going to make wholesale changes. And, you know, there, there's no point having someone here, you know, Harry Wright's gone, Shebeck's gone, Cornell as well. If you're looking to upgrade possibly two goalkeepers, you may as well just get them gone. It's good for us because obviously it's, it's someone off the wage bill, even if we were to pay it off. Uh, pay them off, and it's good for the the person as well from a mental health perspective as well. He can go out. He's he's free. He can look at look at other options. Cardiff's obviously been mentioned for him. They've um, they've released Joe Day. He's gone back down the M4 to to Newport. Um, so yeah, it, it may may well be may well be one. But I think the the thing with Cornell that I did like was he had a good command. He was like loud, and his his voice was booming and you know, what was it? That famous quote like come on, boy, have a look sort of thing. You maybe from that perspective, you felt a bit more calm. But yeah, we shall see. It's an interesting one with the, the goalkeepers, whether it will just be one or or both of them or where Holy goes, you know, what what's the market for him It's certainly a very, very interesting uh, situation.
0: Definitely. And um, update on Danny's Wi-Fi on his street is down. So um, we're going to have to continue without him. Um, But Harvey, I want to go over to you. Any other goalkeepers you'd like to mention? We were chatting in the green room before recording and you you chucked a few names. So uh, take away.
2: Yes, uh, I tweeted about it a few few weeks ago. I I quite like Simon Moore, um, recently been released by Sheffield United. The issue with him, and and I can understand the argument, is that he's... He's played virtually no football over the last two or three seasons, but kind of my counter argument to that would be he's had in that time Dean Henderson, who's who will probably go on to being the number one, um, and Aaron Ramsdale, who they spent eighteen and a half million pounds on last season. So he certainly wasn't going to get a chance at being number one. If you speak to Sheffield United fans, and there's a, there's a lad that I know is a big Sheffield United fan, he played a massive, massive role in in getting Sheffield United from the. You know, from League One back to back to the Championship, even if he came in as, as a number two, I think his experience and, and know-how of, of getting out of that league, around the change room, but getting another character in that, that has been there and done it, I, I I'd quite like to see um, another one. The Cheltenham number one that I forget his name every time last last season, he was there from from West Brom. Um, he he, I could see him potentially coming in. He kept a, a good number of clean sheets for Cheltenham. He's very, very rated at West Brom. Um, whether possibly he'd have a, a, a chance there next season, who knows? But I'm thinking of the O'Leary-West Brom links. That might be a route that we, we may go down, bring a younger goalkeeper in to, to push, you know, a, a, a keeper that's maybe 28, 29. So I'd be happy with, with either of them. But equally, Ben Amos as well, I, I think, is a, is a good keeper. If he's not number one, solid number one material, and I'm not convinced he's solid number one material. He's certainly a very, very able backup who, if there was an injury at some point or a suspension or, you know, an EFL Cup game or something like that, he'd certainly do a good job because he's, he's, you know, he's been there and done it and he's proven to be more than reliable. And he's certainly an upgrade on, on what we had last season.
0: Well, um, some good news. Dan is back. Welcome back, my friend. Um, you just missed the goalkeeping chat, but um, I'll let you have some input on the goalkeepers. David Cornell has left, and um, have you got any names to chuck in the the fire? Is that what you call it? Is that, is that a phrase? I don't know how that's the phrase. Yeah. I'm bad at my phrases.
1: Burn, burn them on the fire before we sign them. Um, Sorry, there's a thunderstorm in London. Can you believe a thunderstorm knocks out your Wi-Fi? But there you go. Anyway, I'm back now. Yeah. Um, yeah, the, uh, the uh, one that uh, I don't know if he's been mentioned, but um, I read something with Stephen Moore, who... Simon, is, Moore. Yeah, sorry, Simon him, yeah. Moore. Sorry, Simon Moore. Sorry, mate. Yeah, Simon Moore. There you go. I'll, I'll, be, I'll be back on it soon. Simon Moore, um, I've always liked the look of him. He, he, he kind of got Sheffield United up through League One, and um, uh, he's got something about him. Um, I think I think he, just Keith is an area where holy... Um, Not really sold on Cornell I wasn't really sold on I think it's such An important area Um, You know We've obviously got The new goalie coaching I I really don't I really I really think It's such An important position Keeper I'd love to see Someone like Bart Come back You never know But um, I think he's settled In London On a bit more money But yeah You know it's It's a big Big position To fill that And we've not We've not had anyone Since Bart really So Marcus Bettinelli. don't know if we can afford him, but he's he's looking. So, but that's all I can add on the keepers.
0: That's fine. I think it'll be intriguing because it looks like we are going to be looking for two goalkeepers and we'll chat about, we'll probably sign one experienced goalkeeper and maybe we'll bring in a lone goalkeeper possibly. I think the young goalkeepers already got at the club probably aren't at that step. I think we've got Bo and Lewis Ridd who was part of the Youth Cup side. And I think there's Burt White as well. He was training with the first team. I think he joined from Bournemouth. But, those sort of young goalkeepers, you can't rely on them. You never know if they're going to be up the scratch. They'll probably plan the Papa John's Trophy or whatever, but they probably won't be able to jump into a League One promotion winning team. Uh, oh, I said winning. Well, we'll wait and see on that. Um, but let's go and take a look at the transfer Roundup then. Um, you know, Tom, you mentioned Craig McGilvery and... Um, Benjamin Seacrest as the goalkeeper's linked, but um, there's other you know been players been linked um, every position pretty much nearly. Um, one player we actually haven't mentioned on the fan social is of course Lee Evans was the second signing. Wes Burns was the first one. Um, I want to quickly go over to you then, Tom. Lee Evans, quickly just get your thoughts on him, and then we'll jump into the other players linked. Of course, Max Power uh, has joined Wigan, so uh, Wigan look tasty.
3: Yeah, he's he's class. Obviously, Brad's wax lyrical about him. So I feel like I've learned everything I need to know about him from um, from Brad. But yeah, fun fantastic signing. Just the sort of player that that we want, you know, strong. You can imagine him just bullying midfields in in League One. And I think to poach them away from Wigan, who are who have gone from a very strange position of being on their backsides financially to having actually a hell of a lot of financial um, financial clout. Um, but yeah, Evans is, is going to be perfect. I think the thing is as well, obviously Cook wants players who he can trust. Cook wants players who know the score, know what he expects. There's no, you know, oh, we're doing double sessions today. We've never done that before. He knows the intensity, he, he knows him as a as a character. So it's it's a fantastic sign in. Um but yeah, I think that the thing with the you know, we can obviously Max Powell we were linked with before he's gone. There was that photo circulating on Twitter of you know his his Instagram or something like always driving somewhere. Is it the A14? It looks flat, so on and so forth. But I think it's gonna happen. I think with the way free agency is at the moment. We've just got to be patient. We are going to miss out on some players. We are going to get beaten to the punch by some other teams, and we can't get too hung up on on any one any one individual. There's so much out there. There's lots of transfers available um, as well. Lots of players available. So, yeah, I think we've we've probably just been lured into a false sense of security that Ipswich actually signed two players in very quick succession. And obviously the expectation was all the rest would domino, but obviously, you know, deals take significantly longer, in, especially in a, a saturated market like this. There are going to be a lot of free agents that, that take a bit bit longer to decide. But I think as long as we're patient, if we can get some of them in before pre-season, fantastic, because they're in there from day one. But some of them, if they're slow burners, you know, that, that do come in towards the, the end of the window, like if we were able to get crooks, even if it was the, the last week of the window, what what a player he would be you you would obviously take him even even that late, so i think yeah just a a bit of patience, trust the process, trust mark ashton knows what he's uh what he's doing um and i think we'll be'll be, be absolutely fine, no need to panic whatsoever.
0: Yeah, that's the big thing. I think we've got to be a bit, yeah, have got to be a patient. And Harvey, you know, the big talking point, a lot of fans are saying, come on, come on, come on, town, announce somebody, announce someone. Every time they tweet is like, oh, we don't want to ba- we don't want to know this. What an announcement. Um, of course, one player that could be a town player, maybe at some point hopefully, is Rakeem Harper. Um, of course, uh, what a player and what a sign that would be. I know he's very young and, you know, not many people may know him that much, but um, he's definitely someone I know um, because of, you know, FIFA and all that. Um, and, you know, highlights I've watched. But um, what a sign that would be if that does happen.
2: It would be a hell of a good signing, yeah. I think um, he, he's really highly rated at West Brom, kind of stalled for a season or two and then went on, out on loan to Birmingham. Um, and I've seen a few West Brom fans say that, you know, what a... What a signing that would be for a League One team. He was at Birmingham last season, did okay. Um, you know, in a team that was struggling towards the end of the season until Lee Bowie came in and kind of turned that round. So I'd be delighted with him. He's, he's left-footed as well. So he's he's almost a like-for-like replacement for Dizelle, really. Um, you know, just a more physical kind of player that cook likes. So it offers us that balance in midfield that's so important. I think he'd be he'd be a great addition. It sounds like listening to the main pod the whole situation going on at West Brom. I don't think anyone knows what they're doing, to be honest with you, at the moment there. So it looks like the red tape from, from their end is, is what's stopping the deal, I'm sure. The pictures with his shirts and the scarves have, have already been taken, more than likely. So, yeah, I'd, I'd be delighted with him. And um, hopefully there's, there's a lot more to come. In terms of uh, players from West Brom as well, they've released Kyle Edwards, who's, who's a left winger, who is bound to have attracted championship interest, but he's someone I, I think would absolutely tear up League One and again with the O'Leary links to West Brom, might be able to do a little bit of sweet talking on that to get into to League One, you know, tell him that he's he's you know he's, he's a guaranteed starter if he if he does well and I'm sure they'd be able to give him a good financial package on, on a free transfer. He's just another one just throwing that out there that, that I'd like, possibly a grand replacement. So yeah, there's there's going to be so many links, isn't there, over the next few weeks. This is going to be rumbling on and on. Um, but I'm certainly not panicking. I think most windows, just don't sign two players until kind of the end of the window. So I'm, I'm certainly not panicking. There's, there's, it's, it's a strange market with COVID and everything that's gone on. So I'm, I'm just, I'm not, I'm relaxed. I'm taking it easy. And I'm trusting the process because I think once we sign one, um, you know, one or two more, I think the, you know the the wheels in motion will will, will really start to start to go there um, and i think we'll we'll see quite a lot more through the door so i'm not panicking i'm i'm, I'm just taking it day by day of course i want to see a sign everyone wants to see a sign but these things take time uh, especially in the market we're, we're operating in now so hopefully the next week or so but we'll see a few more additions coming in
0: yeah, and, uh, you know, Dan, over to you. Um, are you panicking? What's your feeling at the moment with the, the transfer window, the links that are being thrown out? You know, really, we haven't actually had a link to a player for a few days, maybe even nearly a week now. So some people are going, what's going on? Have, you know, is Mark Ashton gone on holiday now? Or is he is he done with his two signings and he's having a little break? But now I'm sure he's working very hard behind the scenes and I'm sure all of them work you know, behind the scenes you know, picking out targets. I think uh, Paul Kirk and Liam Richardson are probably not friends anymore because uh, Liam Richardson is stealing all of Paul Cook's targets, it seems, because as I said, Wigan are looking tasty. They've signed some really good players.
1: Yeah, I don't mind the rivalry with Wigan next season. You know, that'd be a nice little first fixture, wouldn't it? Um, yeah, I mean, uh, I don't know if I'm slightly different on this one. I'm not, I'm not panicking at get getting signings in. Um, we've already set feathers ruffling, haven't we? Cole Robinson was alluding to what we've been trying to do with Sonny Bradley. And this, you know, people know, agents know, players know, clubs know that we're back and we've got a bit of money to spend. We have to be careful with that a little bit. Um, you know, I, it's, it's really exciting considering the last 15 years of what we've gone through that we're in, we've got this ability to to do this. But um, I, I'm, just, I, you know, I'm, I'm slightly concerned if we have if we really are doing wholesale changes with the playing squad. I know we need improving, but Brett Johnson's interview with Athletic, which was really interesting, did slightly surprise me when he said we're probably keeping about 10% of the squad, <laughs> you know, so that's four players. Now, yeah, okay, that could be kidology and um, send out a message, doesn't it? But yeah. Um, you know, it's it's really interesting. One, it's just I just think I I I, I, I think I'd like Cook to um, prove his worth not only in the transfer market in the contacts he's got, but as a manager on the training, as a coach on the training ground as well. Because we have some, we have some, we do have some talented lads that I think can can improve with a bit of coaching. And I think John Nolan's a, a decent enough player. I'd love, um, I would personally love Downs to stay. Um, but with transfers it's a difficult it's a difficult one i think um but the, i mean really uh, you know i just hope i'll be really happy with burns and evans i think cook's clearly going to get in the characters he wants which is important but um, you know i can't remember the last time a team with huge huge changes in a short space of time went on to hit the ground running completely will take time to gel and cook is going to be under pressure from day one simple as that so you know he's getting paid to do that but um you know let let let's see you know i mean I, i personally i'd like a keeper a center back and a striker and then even then if we get those three lads in that is the spine of the team really and we've addressed the spine of the team where we we'll were quite weak. So, yeah, let's 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 see what well, let's see what goes on. It's, it's, it's going to be exciting.
0: I want to get your predictions, guys. You know, we've got pre-season friendlies. Of course, we're playing Dartford. Strange, uh, Berry Town, Stevenage, of course, Colchester doing that weird sort of two games against Colchester. I think sixty minutes or whatever the you know minutes we play against them, and of course Millwall at Porton Road. Um, what's your prediction in terms of the amount of signings do you think we'll make? I want to go over to you, Dan. First, how many do you reckon we'll will make?
1: So we let's say we signed two. <clears throat> we've signed two, haven't we? Yeah. So by the first game of the season on Saturday, August the seventh. I think we will have brought in eight signings in total.
0: Okay. Harvey, what do you you reckon?
2: I'd like to think we'd signed eight, but I think with the way the market's going, although I think once we sign a few more, maybe a few more will want to come. I, I think maybe six, maybe towards the end of the market, we might sign one or two more. Ideally, of course, you want want all of your your players by that first game of the season, um, you know, so they can be properly involved in, you know, in the team and in in training and stuff like that. But I can't see us signing that many before the first game of the season. I think it will rumble on a little bit, a little bit longer than that. I hope it doesn't. I hope I'm proven wrong. But that's just my kind of gut feeling.
0: I think the good thing is we're, you know, we're not going on like a tour or anything. It's not like, you know, Paul Lambert, you know, going to Germany or Mick McCarthy, going to Ireland. You know, pretty much we are going to be based at Playford Road and we'll just travel to the Dartford and Stevenage and Berry and Colchester, which aren't that far at all. So it's not too bad, but you, you hope he has at least a, a core squad so we, you know, he can work, you know, towards the first game of the season. Uh, Tom, what do you reckon? Do you think you will have a, a first-choice goalkeeper and, you know, he centre half? Do you think we'll, we'll see... Players depart as well. Do you think that 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 will happen before then?
3: Yeah, I guess the the four players ten percent thing did did surprise me because obviously Ashton said not that long ago, it's like we're looking for quality rather than quantity, and getting rid of that many players is just simply not sustainable or possible, without either you know losing out or you know re- regretting regretting them them going. So. I think the thing is as well what you've got to be careful of. they don't want to get into a situation like Dan was saying where everyone knows we have money and they're trying to squeeze a little bit more out of us. We don't want to get into a situation when we get to next summer where we think, oh my God, we've spent X amount on that player and from an economics perspective, it's just been terrible. I mean, suddenly until I die, um will Greg you know Stuart Donaldson just that uh, we think he's worth one to two and then he obviously ends up going to going to four. So I think they've got to be careful with with that and really have their, their sort of their their ceiling in terms of what they value a player and you know stop stop there. But I think I'm hoping for five. I think definitely a goalkeeper, but definitely a centre back. Like Dan said, you get the spine of your team in. Hopefully the centre back would be Connolly. Nice bit of chemistry with, left back with as burns well. from Fleetwood. <laughs> um yeah, he he'd be really good, and as well, I think his, his age ages is, is on his uh, on his side as well. Twenty three, potential resale value as well. So, goalkeeper, centre back, a couple of wingers maybe, and a forward or the striker. So I'm going to say five, I think, or hope hope for five, but we shall see.
0: I'll be intrigued if we'll, we'll sign anybody on loan. You know, if there'll be any Premier League loans or even Championship loans, or at the end of the day, we're League One. You can't we can't stop. Any- Ooh, I don't know. I think he'll be champion. I don't know. I, I, you, I never, him, you never know.
3: Link, links with, obviously, his, his dad and the, the club, new project, being potentially part of a promotion and, and something successful. Did brilliantly last year for Lincoln. It, it might work. Obviously, hopefully we won't be relying on loans as, as much as we did before, given our, our financial position. But like you know, David said before, use the loan market for those players that you could not simply afford to, to get and he he's one of them I think he would he'd make a, a real impact but yeah we shall see
1: I think as well look, I mean if if pre-season starts next weekend for the majority of clubs then there's a lot of players like like Brennan Johnson he's going to go back to Forest and with glowing reports and you would assume that Chris Hughton will have a good look at him anyway in pre-season so actually you know it could be like a a week or two goes by from the start of pre-season where you start to see what kind of players are getting into pre-season teams and that kind of thing where maybe yeah. the market might quicken up a bit, um, it, you know, because it's going to be managers taking stock everywhere, I guess. Um, the, the one the one loan signing we were linked to, which I quite like, was that Keller, her kid from Liverpool in Goal. Hmm. Um, that's gone a bit quiet. I just thought he. I thought as, soon as we were linked him, I thought well, he'd definitely come because he's like Liverpool, and we're full of scousers now. But um, <laughs> we'll have to see on that one.
2: Yeah.
0: What do you reckon we'll sign anybody from North Macedonia in the Euros? Do you think anybody will stand out for the, those sort of teams? And do you think they'll go Paul cut or watch one day watching the Euros? And went oh, he's not a bad little player. Where does he
2: play for? Oh, it's okay.
3: so it's so difficult now. The, the thing is with Brexit, it's incredibly difficult to get any kind of foreign players because. There's obviously that stupid rule where they have to they have to play a certain percentage in, in top five leagues. So I can't imagine a player who's tearing up in La Liga or Serie A saying, oh, yeah, I fancy a stint in League One. Maybe we should have been a bit of am- ambitious and, and looked at Gigi Buffon. I couldn't believe that when I saw that today. Fantastic video as well. I love that video. It sort of reminded me a bit of Hot Fuzz, like cloaked figure in the dark, like, you know, all, all mysterious. But fair play to him. What a story that is. I hope he does. Really well ends his career there, you know. Hopefully, he'll get a promotion with uh, with Palmer. That'd be great for him.
0: Definitely. And um, Harvey, I saw you put your hand up, so um, you'll finish up the transfer roundup. Um, what were you what were you gonna say, my friend?
2: I was just gonna go back to the to the loan the loan chat. I think there's always a market when you're in League One and even in the Championship for a really exciting young Premier League talent. The issue is, as, as we found out over the last few years, when you get Four or five of them, I think that's when it becomes a, it becomes an issue. Then really, all you're doing is developing other clubs' talents. It's that's all right when there's one or two, but certainly not. You wouldn't want any more than three. I, I would have thought. Um, but we've seen with with people like Johnson and Morgan Rogers, who we, by the sounds of it, just dawdled on deciding whether we wanted last season. That's a, a player. I mean, what what was going on in in whoever was making that decision's thinking? I don't know, but um, people like that—they've shown that, that there is a market for for young talent to to step up to League One and offer offer something a little bit different. We've seen with people like Dobra youngsters seem to go into games with kind of no fear and they're, they're direct and pacey. So I, I'd quite like maybe one one or two max. You won't want any more than that, especially now we've got a, a decent amount of backing. But I suppose you've got to remember as well—we can only spend what is it, sixty percent of the income or something like that. So Although we've got these, you know, millions and millions and whatever it is in, in the bank now, we, we can't go out and spend four million on a player and three million on a player. Unfortunately, it, it doesn't work like that in League One. So that's why I think that there is definitely a a gap in the market for, for someone that can, that can come in and, and fulfil that role as, you know, someone from like an Arsenal or a Chelsea or a City or something like that and, and really lighting up the league and offers that unpredictability
0: yeah and of course we're not we're not going we want loans we want loans because we you know we've had loans many no, you know, every season not. but i think if it just fills a position where we can't as you know tom said about david you know we can't afford him probably wages wise and actually a fee wise sometimes just just get him in and you know we'll wait and see on that but you know i'm sure we'll have many more conversations on the fan social talking about transfers because that is what as fans we enjoy the most is transfer rumors the sexy stuff as he says and i'm sure we'll um be chatting more about this um let's talk about issues town b down in essex um at colchester united of course um the retirement home of issues town players of course freddie sears has joined Cole Skew so and luke chambers at colchester of course tommy smith's already there dean gherkins already there uh frank newball apparently is going to return there Um, and of course Alan Judge Emmy Hughes has been linked as well Um, the question to you guys we see this on the main pod but I wanted to also mention on the fan social is do you care Um, of course we always I'm always intrigued on how our former players are getting on when they sign for a club I'm always intrigued to see how they get on Um, but definitely now because they're closer to home they're at Colchester Um, Dan over to you first do you care uh, or are you just yeah whatever best luck to you.
1: no I don't care about Colchester. <laughs> I, I, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't care at all. I might care a bit if they're in the same division. Um, the only thing I think about Colchester is when I drive up the A12 from London and see it once, and see it on the way back, and I'm always looking more at the McDonalds on the left-hand side rather than the Colchester on the right-hand side, to be honest. But uh, no, I think you know, I'd be interested in pre-season. I guess there's six lads there now, isn't there? And uh, you, Tom Eastman as well. I yeah. used to, um, but. I, no, I mean, you can see, I can see why all those lads are gone there. You know, I have to uproot like, their families. They're still playing pro football. They're guaranteed a wage in these tough times. And um, it'd be interesting to see how well they do next season in away culture. I don't really care, but it'd be like, it's interesting Hayden Mullins is the. I think the manager's gone there. He's He's got a bit of a reputation and he, you know, Hayden Mullins is 40, I think. He's not much that older than skews and Chambers. So, uh, yeah, it's it's, you know, it's really weird. The Sears transfer for me, I don't know about the rest of you, just didn't didn't really make a dent at all. It was like a it's like a byline almost Freddie Sears leaving and going to Colchester. And um, you know, not you know, we all know about his decline and not long ago he was a name on everyone's lips, Freddie Sears. But um I think it's time to move on now. Good luck to him. Of course it'd be, be tasty if we got him in the Carabao Cup or something. Um I'm, i it'd be pretty nice to see some of them maybe come to Portland Road if there's a crowd in and see what kind of reaction they get. But, um, yeah, not really bothered, to be honest.
0: Because, <laughs> yeah, we're going to be playing yeah. them in pre-season, so that is going to be a quick reunion. But, of course, that is at Colchester Stadium. Um, Harvey, what's your, what's your say on this? You know, it's, it's a, a weird... Thing you know, I know, I know the connection with Colchester has been going for decades. You know, back in the '90s that happened. You know, two thousands, how it's always happened. Definitely, you know, when Tommy Smith and Dean Gerken signed for them, it's sort of like there you go. That's 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 sort of the start of the team. Now we've got Chambers. Now we've got Kolesko. He's got Freddie Sears. has got a spine of a team now, Vitru Town. But uh yeah, do you care?
2: Um, I I don't care. No, but I'm really intrigued. I have to say, maybe, maybe I'm on, I'm on my own, but. Um, I'm really interested to see how, how they do there. It's it's going to be like you said, it, it's like an Ipswich town retirement home. Um, and as you know, I from, from my disastrous performance on the strike, I'm also a massive fan of squad numbers, so I'm equally intrigued to see what uh what squad numbers Luke Chambers and Scoots pick up there because obviously they've both been four and eight for so long. Um, that probably shows how how much little of a social life I have, but hey ho, um, but yeah, I am, I am intrigued, I'm, I'm intrigued to see how. How they do, and um, yeah, it's, it's like there could be more to come as well with Hughes and and Judge. Just quickly on Hughes, if he, we said this so many times, but if he somehow manages to stay fit and even show thirty percent of of what we we saw of him, you know, during his loan spell at Colchester, wow, I mean, he he will be by a country mile the best midfielder in in, in League Two. I know he's. I think he's had some offers from abroad as well, hasn't he? But I can see, I can see him going there. And if he does and, and plays well, then, as I said, he'll he'll do he'll do brilliantly there because there's no doubt he's talented. But he's just not been able to show it over the last few years with his injuries. So um, yeah, it's, it's for me. I'm I'm quite interested, but I certainly don't care enough to you know look at their lineup every game and, and see who's, see who's injured and see who's playing, but. I'll certainly keep keep an eye on that on their progress going forward.
0: I think, in a way, somewhat, I must care to actually add it on the podcast. But I think it is an intriguing sort of thing. You know, it's, it's, this mountain plays in one window signing for the same club is just you know. Of course, Luke Chambers could have gone to Gillingham possibly, but you know, Colchester isn't far from it. Which, as you know, Dan said, you know, it's not that that far away from the A12. Um, I, think I'll,
2: I think I'll be the only one intrigued about their squad numbers. I have to say, but. Uh,
0: yeah, they're definitely getting four and eight. They're definitely getting um they, they walked in the building and went, I'm not signing this contract until I get the four and eight. That's what they said. And Freddie yeah, Sears, sure. I don't know, he's, he's had number 20. I don't know what he number he probably was, number nine, probably when he was at Colchester. So I'm sure you'll get that. I think number. he was 11.
2: I think he was, was 11. Yeah, I think so. I think so.
0: That, that's sad if that is correct. I'm sorry to say. Yeah, no, no, <laughs>
3: I think, I need, I need I think it is 11. I remember looking at the photo today and I think there was a one there, definitely.
2: I have this weird relationship with squad numbers
0: uh, of course uh, that's gonna be an exciting podcast um for you and Hutchie. um of course, good old Andy, you know when the squad numbers do come out' Because last year it was weird it was just it just they just dropped it randomly. yeah, it just, yeah it was, and we just went oh okay, there wasn't much talk I about it. As well, it was
2: much well it was quite early on, i think it was it was a lot earlier than it has been over previous years, and it was yeah there was um it was pretty uninspiring. i'm not. Well, who knows whether shirt numbers can be inspiring, but I wasn't I wasn't as excited as he usually am when when they're announced.
0: I think um, you know, fans they they want to know, you know, they're gonna be their best player, you know. Let's like say where's Burns if they're a big fan of him? Hopefully he's maybe got number seven and oh I want number seven Burns on my back of my shirt. Mm. Um but it'd be very intriguing. Um but Tom, uh, to wrap up the you know, Town B team in Essex, Colchester United, um, all the lads joining up there. Um yeah, your final word on that, really.
3: Yeah, I was born in Colchester, so I, I do have a, a little bit of a soft spot for them. i I always have, just have a look up for their results, just um just as interesting. I think John McGrill did a fantastic job there, you know. Look at how they've done recently and look at how he was with them and you know, pushing for promotion. So yeah, it's an intriguing situation because financially they were there was a statement from Robbie Cowling, wasn't there, who said like the club aren't in administration. We're just making a few changes um, in, in structure. They kept their kit, didn't they? Because they said that there was lots of merchandise that had gone unsold in the shop and, and stuff like that. And you read into that, it's like, well, surely they won't sign these players because they'll be the upper sort of echelons of their, their budget. But somehow they've pulled it off. Um, Chambers obviously didn't fancy for playing for, for Steve Evans, who who would, um, but yeah, it's it's going to be it's it's certainly going to be intriguing. I'll definitely look out for their their results, but it's either going to go one of two ways. Either it's going to go fantastically well because there'll be that chemistry there. It's a new situation, potentially the opportunity for them to to get a, to get a promotion. You know, Scoose and Chambers could certainly get a a job done in League One, or it will just go horrendously wrong and the the experiment will be will be bad. But yeah, I think just just wish them well. You know, they they were all great servants for the club. They all they all did their time, they all gave their, their effort to the shirt. So yeah, I, I hope they do well. Best of luck to them.
0: Okay then. Oh well, enough of Colchester chat. Let's talk oh, about okay. Itch Town. Um we are going to move on to the Euros though, of course. Uh it's in full swing. Um England's that they won their first game. Wales now. You know, four points could be progressing to last sixteen. We want to talk about two players who are have got links with town. Of course, Keith Moore Wales scored in the opening group stage game. What a journey he's gone through from you know non league to joining town wasn't very good for us, and of course he's gone on to do really well playing in the championship with Cardiff, and of course Tyro Mings. Um, a player that once again had to go through non-league and was a mortgage advisor, Lily quit playing football and now he's playing for his country in in the Euros. Um, I want to go over to you, Harvey first. We want to talk about Kiefer Moore, uh, good old Wales. Um, What a moment that was for him to score headband and all looks pretty good. He rocks it really well, just like Terry Butcher did. Maybe not as much blood. um, So I don't think they'll allow that nowadays, all that blood on the shirt, but um, what a journey he's gone on. Um, it wasn't very good for us. I think he only had like eleven appearances, but that was a, a very weird signing at the time. Signing from was it Forrest Green? He was signing from, you know, it was a I think it was ten grand something like that. Uh, of course, we sold him on. But um, yeah, Keith Moore, what a journey he's been on.
2: Yeah, I mean, in terms of in terms of the blood, there was a fair bit last night when he got absolutely clattered by a um, by a Turkish defender. But I think that's part of his game. That's what he loves. Hmm. I was at Preston Away. I remember, I think it was his, he came on for his, his debut. I think he only came on for the last seven or eight minutes, um, which is tricky to judge him. But honestly, I walked out deep down thinking, how is this bloke a professional footballer? Because for someone who's six foot five, he just couldn't win a header, couldn't control a ball. And he's just proven everyone, maybe even himself slightly, um, he's proven to be a really, really good player. And, and not just his goals, but his ability in, in both boxes, certainly for Wales. He's one of the first names on the team sheet now. Um, and he's done terrifically, terrifically well. I think he scored 20, 20 goals for Cardiff last season in, in the Championship. And he's, he's, as I said, I don't think anyone expected him to, to do as well as he's done. When you've got a, a player like that, I think old-fashioned number nines are are a dying breed, really. You know, you see him more, more and more now, this false nine formation, which Wales... Toyed with for a while, which I can't stand. I'm not going to lie. Um, maybe I'm just a traditionalist who, who likes to lump it up to a big number nine. But I think we are seeing them less and less in the modern day game now, and and it shows that there there is still room for for players like that. Because he was causing havoc last night, and when he's on when he's on form, he's he's a real real handful, and he's he's come such a long way to being one of the first names on the team team sheet for for Wales and. Cardiff as well. He's he's really useful in both box. I sound like his agent, don't I? But um, but yeah, he's, he's really he's come along really well, and it's 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 good to see because I, I definitely didn't expect it. You know, when he when he left it, switching had decent loan spell at Barnsley. But even then, if you would have told me that he was scoring twenty goals in the championship and being one of the first names on the team sheet for his country, I probably would have laughed at you. So fair play to him. Fair play to Taron Mings as well. A, a kind of similar route. And it's it's great to see Ipswich players doing really well, but it's a shame they're not doing that well for for, for Ipswich. I know Mings had a really good spell, but um, yeah, it's it's good to see. You know, they're both they're both seem pretty genuine and down to earth, and it shows that you don't have to necessarily be blessed with unbelievable talent straight away to to shine at a younger age. Sorry, at an older age even. <laughs>
0: Uh, I want to go over to you, Dan. Can you remember much about Kiefer Moore? I think, yeah, he played 11, 11 times for the club. Um, I think he, he went out on loan, and I've got his Wikipedia page now. He went out on loan, of course, to Rotherham and then was scoring for fun for them um, in League yeah. One. And I think we were like thinking, why aren't we bringing him back to help us score? And he just, he didn't come back. And then he joined Barnsley on a permanent move. And I think he didn't score that many goals in his first spell there. But then I think they went on to score very good goals and got a move to Wigan, then Cardiff. But, um, yeah, great journey he's been on. Um, And, yeah, just one of those, maybe just he didn't suit our style of play at the time. And, yeah, there we go.
1: I love love being proved wrong about players. I think Mm. Keith and Moore's story is such a good one. I really do, you know, because he was like Bambi on ice when he played for us. And I remember watching him at Carrow Road when... Jonas had put us one up and then Norwich had equalised and he came on for a 15-minute cameo at the end for Freddie Sears and he couldn't trap a bag of cement and it was just like, who is this lad? And um, then, funnily enough, about an hour later, not an hour later, about uh, two weeks later, I took my boy to Port Road for one of those signing sessions at the club when all the players sit round a table in the merchandise store. We went round and to Tom Lawrence and Danny Rowe and we had a long chat with for more. And they'll just, I don't know, something quite shy, quite quiet for a big lad. And you, looking back, you can tell then it, 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 he just needed time to get used to professional football. And fair play to him. He's he just found his home elsewhere. And um, I'm just really, pla- I'm, I'm really pleased for him. You know what I mean? It's like, you know, fair play. I think he proved everyone wrong, um, especially me. And yeah. Uh, uh, and I just quickly wanted to add about him and him and, and Tyrone Mings. Um, obviously, in the Euros, uh, I personally was—I I, I really liked Tyrone Mings. I was a bit sceptical when I heard he was starting against Croatia, and Croatia didn't have much up, up in attack at all. But massive credit to Tyrone Mings because he's got some some strength of character. Both of those lads have got real strong characters and. I will say that they were signed by one bloke, Mick McCarthy. And I don't want to go back to the past, but you got, yeah, there is a bit of credit there for Mick McCarthy because he would have spotted them and seen something and it flowered a bit later. And, um, I think it's brilliant to see them. I love, I love watching it, which X which players or any Ipswich players at major tournaments. It just makes it more interesting to watch, you know? And, um, yeah, fair play to both of them. Really, really good story key from all of them. Brilliant.
0: I think we're we're happy to mention Mick McCarthy, his name. I think it's just you know Paul Lambert and Paul Hurst. I think they're the ones that are, are the names you dare say. Um, but yeah, I point didn't I
1: didn't. I didn't mention their names. Or so.
0: that was you. I know, I know. I just thought i will just say that just for the for the final time. I think if we ever mention yeah, the, yeah. those two Pauls again, uh, I'm sure we'll um, a one will go shut up. Um, but um, Tom, you know your final say. You know Tyree Mings who had kind a of, you know left us for eight million pounds and got a bad injury at Bournemouth and he had to sort of re do his career once again he went to Aston Villa got them promoted and he's pretty much a mainstay in there. Oh I'll oh, Harvey's got a hand up. I'll go to you
2: quickly. No sorry Tom uh, goes to
0: Tom first that's fine. Okay, go. all right I just I, I, I was pouncing there. I was like oh Harvey's got his hand up. But uh, uh, Tom, <laughs> over to you. Your thoughts on Moore and um and Mings.
3: Yeah, I think you'd you'd hope in the the future we'll be looking down um, down at non the uh, non league because um, there are some gems there, and I think it's very easy just to take a punt on a ten grand player. Ten grand's nothing, nothing here. It's 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 pocket change. So to, even if you see something, some slight redeeming quality that you think you could develop, you know, it, it's worth a worth a go. And both of them have, have proved that obviously Mings, you know, what a player he was for us. What an absolutely fantastic player. Tall, quick, fantastic at left back. Obviously converted himself to a to a centre back now. But like Stu was was saying on the main pod, you know, having having to do a proper job, a proper ball in nine to five job give gave him obviously a bit of bit of grounding, um and, and determination and drive to succeed. and obviously he's gone on to do fast, fantastic things, you know. As well, had that very bad injury at Bournemouth to come back from that and still be playing in the Premier League, amazing. And I think the thing with him was we we obviously sold him at the absolute right time, at the absolute peak of his of his value. And I'm a big believer of you know if the price is right for any player, then they should be let it go. And what was it eight eight million plus Brett Pittman and Ryan Fraser, wasn't it? Fun. Yeah. Fantastic deal. So, yeah, glad, glad to see him do very well. And he's probably benefited from, you know, sort of a, a lack of um, lack of options at the back for, for England. Um, you know, Harry Maguire being sort of half fit is probably done in favours. But, yeah, he, he was really good against Croatia and hopefully he'll be good against Scotland. And Kiefer Moore, another really weird one, you know, Forest Green, I think they were slightly higher up the pyramid than Chippenham Town, I think. I think they were in the conference at a time. I think with him, perhaps, obviously going from the conference, the championship to, you know, potentially a sort of not a semi-pro outfit, but not necessarily a professional outfit, to going to us in the championship, you know, training week in, week out with other professionals. That must have been so hard. You know, we've all been there starting a new job, and sometimes when you – there's nothing worse than feeling out of your depth. And he must have been there thinking, I I'm out here. Like there's players much better than me. But yeah, credit. He tried his best. The, the loan move did him, did him a massive favour. Obviously did well in, in Rotherham. I think he was the top top goal scorer that year or player of the year or something. Yeah. Um and I think as well, McCarthy did a great job. He came back, he realised that his head was out the door, so there was no point in in having him back got as much as we we could for him, seven hundred and fifty grand. I mean, if we can convert, you know, a handful of players that are worth that amount to seven fifty plus obviously the the sell on clause Cardiff, then we'll be doing very, very well. But yeah, it's nice to see him do well for Wales. Obviously, you know, I'm not like, you know, I, I know Harvey's said before about some English people desperately wanting Wales to, to fail and, you know, being very bitter about it on Twitter. But of course, I want them to do well. I'd like to see them progress. I'd like to see him do well because, you know, as as Dan said, it's nice just to see CX players doing doing well for their um, for their respective countries. But yeah, a lot of uh, Cardiff fans at my work were like, "Who is this guy? He was with you before. What did he do?" I was like, uh, "Not much, really." But you you never you never know. Again, I think he was recently cheap, wasn't he? A couple of million. So a couple of million in the championship for. Uh, is it, it's, it's worth having a go and it's obviously paid off massively well for him. So, yeah, fair play to both of them coming from, from you know, nothing to, to something. So, yeah, credit to both of them.
0: Yeah, and, uh, Harvey, um, your final word then? Um Yeah.
2: Yeah, just just quickly I wanted to go back to Mings and, and, and McCarthy. I know we discussed them quite a bit, but I think we have to give massive credit for McCarthy in, in um, regards to, I think he signed... Johnny Parr around about the same time as Mings that season, correct me if I'm wrong, I think it was Johnny Parr, he, he went on record and said that we've got a young lad, Tara Mings, and he's going to be first choice this season, he's going to be given a chance, I think that was the summer we sold Krezig, so he could have easily brought Johnny Parr in, who I was a big fan of by the way, and said to Mings, you know, we've got this we've got this lad in who's, who's proven in the Championship. We we're going to give him a run, and, and you know you're you're going to come in a second choice. You, you're going to be fighting him all the way. But he really gave his his full faith and back into to Mings. Gave him the number three shirt. Uh, I think he was 15 the previous season. That's my shirt, weird shirt knowledge coming in again. Um, but he, as as Tom mentioned briefly as well, he he started at left back. I think he was always going to end up at, at centre half. It's not very often you see a six foot five defender. At, you know, full back, it doesn't happen very often, apart from I think it's Dan Burn for Brighton, who plays wing back and he's about six foot nine. Um and I think his days at left back helped him, him, him a lot in, in you know what well he's a centre back now because he's he's really good on the ball, he's that pace he had as a left back, he's still got that as a centre back now. And I think that's what Southgate really likes about him. The fact that he's he's more than comfortable on the ball. Um England are blessed with defenders who who are comfortable on the ball, you look at Cody, Stones, Maguire, and Southgate is, is kind of, gone on record to say that, he wants to play a certain way with England, and, and Mings, being comfortable in possession, being a left footer, certainly fits in with that, so, okay. it doesn't surprise me to see that he's, he's starting for England, and, um, I think he will only get better, so, yeah, I'm, I'm really pleased to see him doing well, because, not only is he a really good footballer, he's just a really nice bloke as well, he's, He's come from, as you said, being a mortgage advisor to to being a, an international footballer. So that it just goes to show that you know, anything anything can happen through hard work and, and dedication. And all credit to him because he's done really well.
3: Pressure wow. was on with him as well. You we talked about Cresswell. Obviously, Cresswell was probably one of the best signings in you know the last however long ten ten years or something. You're replacing someone that's been fantastic, and you've come from a from an eighth tier or, or ninth tier club. So yeah, he must have just had so much de- determination and drive. And yeah, McCarthy, McCarthy knew how to find gems. He yeah, knew definitely. how to work on on a limited on a limited budget.
2: And you know that that pass to, to Noel Hunt as well. I don't think I'll uh, sorry to McGoldrick even for that Charlton goal. I don't think any any town fan will forget that. I wish I was there that away day because that um, that Charlton away day looked like absolute carnage in the in the o I
0: I was life. there. I was there. Oh, it was amazing. And the Chaplow one as well. Oh, just yeah. our oh, late winners. Oh, I cannot wait. Um, You know, my job now I'm on pitch side, but I cannot wait to see that away and celebrate a late winner um, or just celebrate goals in general because we didn't score many goals last year. Um, Euros is in full swing. It's been another great fan social podcast. I want to go over to you, Dan, quickly. Your prediction for Scotland, England? What do you reckon? This will probably whoever whoever's listened to this, maybe the game's finished already. But you know, take away
1: five 0
0: England. Five 0 I'll um I'll go over to Harvey and Tom as well. I know Harvey's the Welshman, but what's your prediction?
2: Two 0 England. I think they'll I think they'll win fairly comfortably, but I, I don't. I don't think Scotland are, are a bad side. They've got some decent players, um, you know, Robertson, McTominay, again people like that. So I think uh, England will win quite comfortably because, let's be honest, they've got a far superior team. And I thought actually they looked very, very good against them. Um, who did they, they beat in the first? What was the one game they beat? 1-0 one again, who did they beat? Croatia. Croatia, that was it. I, I thought they looked they looked very, very good and, and that's you know if you're an if you're an English supporter, it's they've got so much so much strength and depth now, and and I think Southgate is managing that squad brilliantly. Um, you know, I was personally shocked to see Trippy start at left back. I was a bit kind of amused because Shaw's done so well, you know, last season for United at, at left back, but he was he was proven right. And um, Greenish is another one I was surprised he didn't start. Maybe he'll come into the starting lineup for. The Scotland game, but you've got such strength and depth, it's it's unbelievable. And and England are my are my favourites, I think, to to win the tournament this year.
0: Ooh. Um, and Tom, Toro Ming's, you know, halfway line volley or something, <laughs> you know, because uh, David Marshall had an absolute mare, didn't he?
3: Yeah, I I think I, I'll go with 2-0 as well. I think Scotland are gonna make us work really hard for it. You know, you've got a lot of Premier League players in there. You know, Robertson, probably one of the best left-backs in the, the world at, at the moment, or, you know, not not such a great season for Liverpool, but he's fantastic in general. I think they'll make us work really hard for it. Um, it's a shame that, obviously, restrictions have meant that this game's only going to have so many fans, because you imagine if that was full, that'd be a hell of an atmosphere. But I think they're going to be really up for it, Scotland. You know, they have to win to to stand any chance we can win to, to go through. Um, so yeah, I, I think two nil, but not sure about tournament winners. Obviously you can't read too much into pathways and stuff like that. But Maybe
2: that's just that's just my mind games, who knows?
1: <laughs>
3: yeah, well I was being very very nice cheap, I have very cheeky
2: with Sorry,
1: i have very cheeky with a five nil. Yeah.
3: I was looking at Wales's pathway today and it's not it's not so bad. Even if you finish Second is, is not is not bad at all. What I don't get, and this seems really like sour grapes for me, but how some teams, like if you finish first, you play second, but then some some groups, the first place will finish third best in another group. It just should, to my mind, it should just be all, all the same first place, second, none then this yeah. third place, you know, whatever, but it is what it is. But yeah, it'll be a good we'll see game. You in the <laughs>
0: England Wales final, that would be a very intriguing encounter. We'll <laughs> yeah. wait to see on that. Um, anything else? Any other business, Dan? Would you like to end it with a final say?
1: Uh, yeah, I, I, just quickly. I think The best non-Ipswich football match I've ever been to in person was England beating Scotland in Euro 96. And like Tom just said... Oh, I am so jealous of any fan that's at Wembley because even 22,000 were making a real racket. And um, just what you said there about a packed away end, is it's going to be brilliant, isn't it now? Even with lockdown extended to July the 19th, it looks like looks like fans are going to be back. So, um, fingers crossed, we get a nice tasty away game first up and Ipswich are out in fourth. I'm looking forward to it.
0: Yeah, in the sunshine, like even the Croatia game, you know, it was a, a hot day on Sunday, weren't it? It just looked amazing to be there. I know Liam is actually going to be at the Scotland game, of course. Liam from the fan social, so he, I'm sure he'll be loving that. I think it was, he's actually with his good friend from Scotland, so that will be interesting. On how you know, after the game, how they're going to get on, but that shall be interesting indeed. Um, enjoy it, everybody um, if you're watching it um, on Friday evening. Um, And of course, I forgot to mention, of course, the support for the show uh, of Kings Anglia Fan Social is uh, brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in the men's below the waist grooming. Uh, Manscaped offers precision engineer tools for your family jewels. Manscaped is trusted by over two million men worldwide. Join the movement for all your below the waist grooming needs. Get 20% off and free delivery with the code KOA at Manscaped. Um, but yes, there we go. Um, lads, Harvey, Tom, Dan, it's been a pleasure. Thank you very much for joining me on another edition of Fan Social. I'm sure we're going to be intrigued next week. Will there be another signing? The fixtures are out. Who will be, you know, I I'm. I'm intri- I'd, I'd like to have an away game in the sunshine, maybe the first game of the season and then a home game for the second game. Or I don't mind that. Um, and then Boxing Day, please be at home. And then New Year's Day, whenever we play that game, please not be more come away or anything like that. We don't want Morecambe away on a Tuesday night. Or a... Okay, yeah. Uh, do you really want to be in Morecambe on a cold Tuesday night in
2: December or something? Uh, not well, yeah. Not? If listen, if we score, if we score a ninety-fifth minute winner, it, it could be minus fifteen. I, I, I wouldn't care less.
1: Get him on Valentine's Day, and I could take the wife for a special trip <laughs> to Morecambe. I'm sure that would go down.
2: <laughs> yeah, that will go down very
0: well um, but there we go then um, well I hope everybody's enjoyed listening if you haven't already um, make sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode follow us on Kings of all the socials uh, on the YouTube channel on Twitter on Facebook and on Instagram uh, daily pictures going on there but well, there we go I've been Ross and I hope you enjoyed we'll be back next week to bring you more of Victory Town Chat for Fan Social bye for now
1: From True Crime to Football, Brexit to Popeville. For more great podcasts from Archon, head to
3: audioboom.com/slash channel/slash Archon.